Ain't That Swell's True Grit Tour is brought to you by Billabong Wetsuits with graphene technology. Superior warmth, flexibility, and durability, and comfy as. Ain't That Swell live icons Mark Ocalupo, Joel Parkinson, Creed McTaggart, and Seth Moniz all rock the graphene tech, and you should too this winter. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Beer Zero Carb. This award-winning zero-carb beer got sixth in the hottest 100 Aussie craft beers and a bronze at the 2022 Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show. It's an absolute stonker, zero carbs, zero sugar, and only 87 calories per can. Uh, This award-winning crisp and mighty refreshing beer is simply made of the good stuff. The creme de la creme. Water, malt, hops, and yeast. The zero carb is 4.2% alcohol. Enjoy responsibly. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ain't speaking to find me, I don't want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far out their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that's the table thing? Oh, surf looks good, Ivan. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back. (laughs) Get a haircut, you. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys. Welcome to Ain't That Swell Live. From the Torquay Pub Hinad. You! I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro dosing. Simidi! Yes, Bibi! And I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn Deadly. Yes, Vaughn, what an occasion. We're here to celebrate our favourite four-letter word, not Hamad. Mm. Not kook, not barn, not fuck, not cock, not cunt, not piss, not jizz, not fart, not woke, not joke. Grit Vaughn. Grit. Grit! Grit! You know who's got grit Vaughn? Who? Joel Parkinson. He does. Has grit. Grit is cheering your mate up the beach after losing the unlosable world title to him. Grit. Grit Vaughn, true grit, is putting your beer down on a Sunday arvo to go and pick up your wife's mate during one of the worst flood catastrophes in planetary That's history. Grit. That's grit. For sure. That's grit. That's grit. And, uh, yeah, grit. I mean, it's being the son of a bricklayer named Brian and uh, the nephew of a landscaper named Deep Daryl. Joel Parkinson has grit, Vaughn. He does have grit, Joel Parkinson, everybody. You know who else has grit? Mason Holmes. He has heaps of grit. Grit Grit is watching your 60-year-old dad pack it at maxing backdoor and pipeline and knowing you better get out there and give it 
a red-hot fucking crack or you are a disgrace! Grit, True. Grit is surfing in uh, the most skits eddy of all time with a dozen stitches in your leg. Gritty. That's pretty gritty. Uh, Grit is also taking on mutant, bone-dry, corn-puncturing slabs that even a lobster would look at and say, are you right, cunt? <laughs> that is grit. Very gritty. And uh, Vaughn, I mean grit. You talk about grit. In my mind, no one epitomises true grit more than the big O. Owen Wright, ladies and gentlemen. Gritty or what? True grit, Vaughn. True grit is being six foot three and trying to get a good sleep before your heat in a dishevelled bus that reeks of wet weddies and stale piss surrounded by 20 other cunts with your last name. True. (laughs) That's grit. Grit is having a a terrible brain injury to the point you can't even tie up your own shoelaces, let alone do a backhand snap. Then winning snapper with 52,000 of the cunts. That's true grit. That is grit. Uh, True grit is also winning at skitsy six to eight foot West Bowl Chopes, beating Gabby Medina, no less, after suffering said brain injury. And uh, Grit, finally, just to round it out, Vaughn, is sacking up for your nation when the chips are down and taking down the best groveler in the world in Japanese windblown marsh to win your nation's one and only surfing yes. Olympic medal. Grit! That is true Grit! Grit! He is Grit! a true merchant of Grit, Vaughn. Grit, what does it mean to you? It's a big question, Smithy. Big question. What is true grit? What's true grit? If you're wrapped in cotton wool from the age of six, have you got true grit? If you're loaded with coin, given stickers and shit, have you got got true true grit? grit? True grit. It's dirt in your crack. Sweat on your sack when you're breaking your back. Get our first get Should up. Should we right? get our first get up? <laughs> and now, fighting out of Coolangada. He's the former world champion, son of a bricklayer turned beer baron. Nephew of the great Steep Deep Daryl Parkinson. He set the standard for stylish surfing throughout the 2000s. Standing six feet tall, 80 kilograms, five feet and three inches of pure nostril, Joel Leslie
G'day, Parker. Borno. Flawless start to the show, don't you think? Very, that was amazing. You guys are definitely improving. <laughs> we'll get there, mate. <laughs> hey, um, before we rip into things, Smithy, just want to uh, give a bit of a shout-out to a few crew uh, who help us put this show together. Billabong have been our major supporter since day one. They backed us for the very first one of the Wicco. Were you at that one? With Creed and Jughead and... No, I missed, missed that one. <laughs> You'd be glad you missed that one, mate. It was hectic. But, uh, yeah, the... Uh, the bong, they've been backing us the whole time and uh, far out. They just, they just get it, man. They get it. Surfing is here to be enjoyed. Not too serious. Big thanks, Billabong. And uh, we've got some prizes to give out a bit later on. Also, Better Beer. They've come on board for the uh, first time on this tour. They've been back in the potty as well. We're going to give away this surfboard tonight. So uh, every time you buy a Better Beer, you'll get a raffle ticket. At the end of the night, we're going to draw out a winner. So someone's going home with this thing. And it's uh, pretty... Six, maybe. But let's, uh, yeah, that's that's the housekeeping done. Housekeeping done. Let's get into it, Parko. Bell's Beach, mate. Uh, some pretty fond memories of this joint, I bet. You're a, a three-time winner. What was it? 04, uh, 09? Yeah. And 11, maybe? Something like that? Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, three very important wins in your career for very different reasons. Uh, 04, I think that was your third CT victory ever. Uh, was that your rookie year, 04? No. Second um, year. Yeah, second year, I think. Yeah, and uh, you had obviously the, the win at J-Bay and then another win maybe at Sunset or somewhere and, and, and then Bells. Talk us through through that event, 04. Your memory's better than mine. <laughs> um, I guess, um, yeah, 04 was – we actually – that morning, we I think we went down to – we drove to Joanna to put the comp on there and then Bells pumped by the time we got there. So we all drove back and uh, – I think it was a mission of a day and I think it was only, uh, I think it was Andy and a semi and Taj in a final and it was a pretty slow day. I think we had 40 minute heats and we had three waves that broke and um, it was pretty slow. I think for me, the more special one was the one with Mick, uh, the 50 year bell. And I think it's 60, is it 60 this year? Is that correct? No. Yeah, we no. didn't do any research before we this year, shit. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, that was that was a that was my most special one. I'm I'm sure. And that that was a 2011. 11, one? yeah. So. Yeah, that's an interesting one, man. Because uh, I mean, that must have broken a, a bit of a mental hoodoo for you. Obviously, you coughed up the title to Mick in 09, and then you had to you know draw in some true fucking grit to get yourself back uh, in the world title race. How, how important was getting the nod over Mick in an event like that? I think you got a 10 on the buzzer or something. Uh, I think you'd already wrapped their final by then, but. Yeah, talk to us about beating Mick in the context of, uh, you know, building for a world title in 2012. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's a, the the one with Mick was that uh, was a pretty tough lead up through the event, but it pumped on the last day, and then we had the final. It was a light on show. It was lots of waves, and lo it was really fun bells. So uh, going out against there, it was I. I don't know. It's weird. I wouldn't say I was wanting to lose the whole way through, but I never wanted to win so bad And when I got to Mick. So um, we, you know, we always had a pretty healthy rivalry and that one was the one, you know, it was a bit of a hype around the, the golden 50-year bell or whatever we were calling it. And so, I, yeah, but in the end, he ended up probably getting more trophies than me. So it didn't really matter, did, but uh, it, was, it you, was a really, ple uh, really pleasant one to win. How are you and Mick, like, at that stage? Because this is, uh, you know... Obviously, everything that had gone down in 2009, were you guys 
back on just best mate terms by then? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I think the, the time when I did get Mick, you know, carried him up the beach, I think forever in our friendship, that, that part of us, uh, it took me a fair bit to get through it, to do that chair of mine you know, a guy that I was against, but one of my best friends up. But the moment I did that, I felt so much like uh, like a weight off my shoulder um, and the world felt like a better place because I did that for, for me and, and for him too. And that part, their relationship will forever be strong because of that. So no matter what, you know, even though we absolutely annoy the shit out of each other, that I will we'll always uh, love each love each other as mates. It's amazing, man. It's a real testament to your values because, yeah, you would have been feeling pretty awful, uh, you know, such a, an emotional roller coaster that year. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, how did you freaking just ante up and, and commit to doing that for you, mate? You know, how were you feeling, I guess, and, and how hard was it to get over yourself and, and just do something for someone else in that moment? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I felt like I you know, kick stones all the way down to the water's edge to, to grab him. But seeing his excitement in the face of it, you know, kind of lost for a second. I felt like I'd lost my, um, you know, I guess I was such so focused on that task that that all just went away and I was just like, you know, fuck yeah, mate. Yeah, you've done it, you've done it. And he did it like a couple of, you know, Kids from a broken homes from the Gold Coast, and we, you know, we conquered our dreams. And I guess uh, I probably got a bit deep there, but that's, you know, I always think that, you know, that's that's the way, you know, you would if you could have wrote it. I guess that's it. I'm lost for words on that one. Oh, it's amazing, man. It really is. And they they say, you know, when you feel like shit, the the best thing to do is do something for someone else. And uh, it's always such a such a gift when you you, you stick real strong to your values. You know, I'm sure you carry really strong values through, through your old man and you know, the gritty upbringing that you had on the uh, Cool and Gatter, aka Penrith by the Sea. And uh, <laughs> I mean, like, um, yeah, like sticking true to your values. And then you get this gift where it's like, fuck, you know, I felt like shit. But then you get this gift from the universe because you, you did the right thing, what you knew was the right thing. It's like that the legacy of that, that one action lasts for years. Like, you can get a positive memory or, or kick up the coit from that years down the track thinking back to it like fuck i was there for my mate in that moment and you know no one will ever take that moment away from you guys you'll share that what it's as iconic as it gets and i think it speaks volume about volumes about who you are that um you did that man because you know fuck a lot of people wouldn't have done that Nah. um yeah i guess and i i mean if I have great fundamentals of, from parents, you know, too. So I think hopefully um, I'm installing them in my children and I'd hope that one day if they ever came to a situation where, you know, they needed to be there for their friends or whoever they need to be there when they had something else going on that, you know, they'd have some true grit and do it, I suppose. So. Well punned. <laughs> and uh, just 2009 too, man, uh, that year that you lost the title to me, you also won Bells that year. And uh, that was part of, like, one of the craziest opening runs ever seen for a, a world tour year. Talk to us about winning an event in, in that kind of form and that kind of flow. Yeah, I guess that was probably, you know, um, that was the, the – in my whole career, that was when I was, you know, pretty cliche. But 
I was seeing the ball like a basketball. I just anywhere I wanted to go on a wave, I felt like I could do and do it with ease and get there. And um, you know, that was the felt like that that during that time I was doing the best surfing of my life. So um, that final, I, I remember coming from that final, and I was with Robbo, and I was just like. I really felt like surfing another heat. Like I wanted to keep going. I didn't want it to stop. And it was a good place to be. And when you're competing is wanting more and, and feeling quite relaxed and confident in it. And that was the year Robbo went from uh, or trials or wild card to the final runner up. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Um, yeah, man. And, and just being in that kind of flow, like how do you unlock that? Or like, you know, looking back on it, what do you think led you to hit that kind of purple patch? And uh, was it hard to, you know, obviously it was, it's not easy to unlock that kind of form. But, yeah, what puts you there and how do you get back there? Is it possible to get back there? Not now. <laughs> uh, no, but, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I got, you know, that was really when I got nasty into my training. Like, I was super fit. Um, I just felt great. Um, I don't know, that the perfect age of, uh, I guess, that kind of 29 to 31 year old that that time where you're I don't know where you still feel youth and you but you've you know I guess you're a bit more experienced in all those things and yeah it was just at that time mate you don't win three bells without having a good relationship with the wave it's one of those waves on tour that you got to really love to win um, but who was some of the crew that you surfed against in this event that, like, you know, really tested you or got under your skin or, you know, made you really step it up and know that you had to bring your best? It, it, can you remember a time, where, you know, from your grommet years where you were like, fuck, I've got Sonny or someone like that, where you were just like, how do I beat this guy at Bells? Yeah, I, you said Sonny. Sonny always used to freak me out when I, I just was like, I do not want to draw him. Not because of the intimidation, probably because of the consistency. He like, I always think Oki was the greatest at Bells just because of the way he attacked the wave and the way the way he surfed it. He's got a lot more greater performances, and he's very consistent too. But Sonny would be up there as one of the greatest, but his consistency at Bells was just phenomenal. It just, you know, sometimes I felt like. The judges would just be. It was just like he would stand up, and here comes a high score. You know, it would, that was what it felt like, and uh, he was incredible here. I thought. And what about Kelly, mate? You surfed the final against Kelly. It was about two hundred foot. I was watching the uh, footage the other day. It's just such big bells, and um, yeah, you two were out there fucking ripping in like loony. Do you remember that final? And uh, do you remember any sort of uh, anything that happened with the goat during that final, or just not even see each other? I don't think we saw each other, but I just know my wheels fell off. I actually I had the second semi, so I only had a short break, and I didn't change wetsuits, and I got I was pretty pretty cold day that one, and after four heats, I was just pretty exhausted. And Kelly had only uh, surfed three heats, I think, so I'd had one up on him, and the wheels fell off. And uh, I used all my energy actually to beat Oki in the was it a semi maybe Oc? Yeah, so Oc's here. Yep. Yes. Definitely getting you up later. <laughs> Sorry, before you under the bus, he said as long as I don't get up. <laughs> right, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, any heats out here that you that were just strange or odd because it is a kind of an event and a sort of a platform, a, a field, if you want, where strange shit can happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, I always thought it was it was a you know it's a wave where. 
there's not a lot that happens out of the lip so much. I mean, nowadays they definitely probably surf out of the lip a lot more than what we did. But so it was a really open-faced wave. I th always thought you'd really start to see the people um, that moved well on the face, had a carve, had a line or could hold a line through it. So um, that's why some sometimes you'd, you'd, expect, you'd expect someone not to do any good and they'd come out and do well and I'd be like, oh, I didn't know they had that. You know, and it'd be nice to see. Speaking of grit, looking at the uh, World Tour lineup now, like who are the real merchants of grit that you see in that roster? Oh. Who are the grittiest characters on tour now? Jeez. Um, I, I'd have to say uh, <laughs> Kanoa. You know what? I wow. think, yeah, it's weird. I, I think he surfs out of his skin more than anyone. I think – I know he's really talented – but he has surfed so far and I'm, you know, I like his surfing, but I'm probably not the biggest fan of his surfing either. So, um, but I'd say he's, no, not in a bad way. I just mean I prefer to watch other people. Mm. <laughs> you heard it here first. Get on your gram, start posting it. Paco Tens really? in the Kanawa at 8, that's where live show. <laughs> hey, but I'll give him a compliment here by saying, mate, his grit is unbelievable. He doesn't falter, he doesn't move, he, you know, when you think he's chips it down and out, he picks them up and keeps rolling. But who would you back in a cage fight between Kanoa and Cal Robbo? Oh, Robbo all day. That Robbo. Robbo's grit, though. Robbo has always had grit. We've always known that. But, like, unassuming grit, I would say to him, in a weird Japanese way. That, I don't know what they call grit in Japanese. That's fair. Uh, the Japanese word for grit, Smithy? Uh, I'm bilingual, but not that bilingual, so uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you, mate. But, yeah, I mean, far out as well, growing up at Huntington, you know, walking across. It's, it's a fucking horseshit wave, sloppy, close-out beach break. You, you're pulling out the syringes out of your foot before you paddle out. It's <laughs> fucking juiced-up psychopaths everywhere trying to rip your head off. There's riots on the way to the beach. It's, all, it's an awful joint. You're going to have grit if you come from Huntington, that's for sure. Speaking of grit, should we get our next guest up, Vaughn? Yes. Let's do it. Oh, don't worry. Oh, he's going to do so well to get out of here without getting on stage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where are we here? Yeah. It's time for our next guest of the evening. Representing the Hawaiian Islands, bruh. This diminutive... Rock-hopping, genetically-modified, chew-freak, and aerial wizard is the heir apparent to one of the greatest Corlord Cone-Fane Hellman dynasties in galactic history. An oligarch of oversized pits, a kingpin of mortal cones. He's more tweaked than a bricklayer's lower back, more gristled than a Lan Hamilton hemorrhoid. Please welcome to the stage, Mason Hobra! Hobra! How good, Smitty. How good. 
One of the true greats, one for the cosmic core lord, acidy, stonery freaks out there. The great Mason Ho. Been stinging to have him on the show. Mate, welcome to Ain't That Swell. Uh, what do you think so far? Yeah, I didn't expect that. No, was <laughs> that intro is mental. Cool, man. Love you, Mace. Good to see you, bro. You guys nailed that. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, talk to us about Bells Beach. Uh, I don't know how much time you spent here over the years, but your old man definitely did a couple stints here, including as the uh, co-pilot of the great Michael Peterson on a couple of their fear and loathing in Las Vegas style rips down the East Coast. Yeah, no, um... Which part you want to hear about? Or like, uh, Let's go with your dad's awesome. stories first. Dad ones, yeah, dad's got mental. the best ones. There's one. I wonder if I should go straight to the one I shouldn't even talk about. <laughs> hey. <laughs> mate, it's a safe room, mate. think about him. Safe room. No, nothing's safe with you, Vaughn. I've trusted you many times. <laughs> nah, nah. But in the end, it's always safe. You keep us safe. So um, do I talk about the worst one or not? Maybe the one under it. The worst one? Well, okay, how about this late. one? I shouldn't hype it that hard. But but you want a street one or a contest one? Ooh. Let's go straight. Street? Sick. Well, well I guess. Um, well, I'm still not going to tell the worst one because that one's really nuts. <laughs> um, but but anyway, I, I remember hearing the story when I was younger that he, um, I think he got kicked out of some bar around here, him and his friend. I think it was Noah Budrow. I'm not sure. Kind of. But anyway... I gotta make this short. I know. Um, dad, dad ended up getting kicked out. They tried to go back in. They got kind of beat or roughly kicked out again. And then I think um, my dad's like, "Hey, we lost. We're out of here. Let's just move on and find the next one." And then right when they're about to go, my uncle or Uncle Noah ended up throwing a brick or a rock through the front window and broke it. Yeah, and I guess, I guess there was like, um, like a couple rugby players in there but they weren't in their uniforms but <laughs> but they were like rugby players drinking at the the bar you know and they're like oh no just dumb little or dumb or whatever how they were feeling that night no none of these guys from out of town are gonna break our bar window you know so I think they I think my dad instantly started running because he knew like he was already about to leave and then no, oh yeah it was uncle it was also uncle Paul so it was Uncle Noah and Uncle Paul, and they were like, yeah, scrap, like all psyched to fight. But I was like, no, because I think dad was like still in the comp, like still at heats, you know, and to go, he still had the surf, and Uncle Paul and Uncle Noah were out. So that was a cool one I remember growing up listening I think to. it was this pub because there's a photo of your dad and Uncle Noah up in a wanted sign just behind the bar. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. We're in a bar, yeah. <laughs> there's only cool. one. Oh, I was going to go, that's me. <laughs> Dude, I truly trust you too, Barco. <laughs> Woo. Man, and talk to us about growing up, you know, in the shadow of two of Hawaii's greatest of all time surfers. Uh, you know, your dad, Mike, and the late Uncle Derek, man. What was it like? Um, well, for me, I think I, I was, um, there's a lot, lot more good than there was bad. Like, like I remember when I was younger, I, I was able to, like, I don't think every kid was able to just, like, we had no ties. My family had no ties to Oakley or whatever. But, like, Joel was staying at the Oakley house, you know, and I think, like, the Hobgoods, and I think Aki. Might have been the year Aki won the title, too. But but anyway, I just remember I was like, oh, oh my favorite, oh, oh Taj. 
All you guys remember gas chambers, that one house, I think. But anyway, I just remember, I'm like, I got to get in that house. I, I don't care what it takes or whatever. So, so I remember I just went in, and luckily they were all super cool, and, and I was just like, hey, like, sorry, guys, my dad's Michael. Oh, I'm going to eat some cereal here and just watch you guys for a little while. <laughs> yeah, but I remember, I think it was 1999, and it was, so it was a crazy year. I just remember a kid eating my milk and cereal, just like, hey, you got another sabotage movie in there? Like a month, you got a montage or something? And then, and then it was actually super cool because I really wanted a PlayStation 3. Remember that? Yeah, and Joel took me to Walmart. We were like, I was like, come on, mate, let's go get a PlayStation. I was like, this sounds, they sound fun. I was like, I didn't know, so. You were like, that was the true dream. You, when I see, you were literally like anything. You were the reason, or I remember I was teetering, like, do I go dirt biker, surfer, skater? Like, what do I want to do? I remember I was into a couple things, detective. <laughs> For real, though, I was like, what do I do? Like, fuck, it's so fun, all nosy, you know, when you're a kid. I'm just like, man, I'm good at this shit. I caught everybody doing bad stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, no, I just remember you were like, you guys helped me become a pro surfer because I remember you were just like, you had all your mental pretty surfboards and your, um, you were just like, oh, we're PlayStations today. Oh, we're going to the one place tomorrow. We're going here or there. I was just like, oh, you see how these guys do it, crew? Telling crew like, and then anyway, one day you're like, I'm getting a PlayStation. I was like, bro, I've been dreaming of a PlayStation, bro. <laughs> like these guys are fucked up. And then and I think you even seen my puppy eyes. I think I just puppy eyes you a little bit and you're just like, tried to maybe but you're like fuck okay what makes you want to you want to go get a playstation and i was like bro please like i've been i remember it was all in a saving money then too a couple lawnmowers around that the north shore you know whatever but anyway i had my little bit of money and i remember when we went to go get it do you remember i had at wahiwa walmart or whatever yeah yeah and i remember i'll never forget it. i was short i had like maybe half i had like half at 150 bucks and it was 300 bucks and I showed up, and you're like, you know, I remember a couple times, you got some money? Like, you got some? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got some. <laughs> like, I, got, I just thought you invited me. Like, you're going to buy it, right? You invited me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and I'll never forget. I got there. I was like, boom, I went to buy it. And I remember you weren't even buying me. And I'm like, check. I'm like, acting like I was going to do it. I'm like, lady's like, oh, it's 300. I'm like, oh, no, hold on. I'm going to get the guy I came with. Joel. And you're like, came over. You're like, hey, how much is he short? You're like, I got you. I got you. You're like, didn't flinch and then she was like oh 150 and I was like and I don't have controllers or games or nothing bro <laughs> I swear right there you're like I think you gave me shit right there you're like you little fucker right you got me so good you got me good and then you get you like, oh, actually, pick... yeah, but, but, like two games or no something? exactly no yeah. and I only expected one maybe an extra controller and one for my friend and then one game and I think you bought me like two controllers, three games, like, all oh, you, like, blew me up. Yeah, Parka. Get back up yeah. and you have I was baffled. I always wanted to do that for a kid one day, too, like, because I'll never forget that. I was heavy. Every time he surfed the heat, too, I remember I was just like, Parka. <laughs> Win this thing. Get this guy. Win this thing. I need some more games. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, <laughs> Parko, like, you know, you obviously saw Mace hanging around these... Not just, you know, the houses, but also on the beach. When did he sort of start to click into your brain or when did you first start to see surfing evolve? Uh, oh, even then, I, Mace 
you can, you, you've, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're, he was, like, you, oh, you could obviously see that uh, his blood lineage and where he grew up, he was going to be a talented surfer. Um, so from, from, I guess, from the start, I, you know, it was amazing. Dude, these guys are such heroes. They let me and my friends take their surfboards out to go surf. But then they'd narrow down the choices, you know, they're... <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You could take these two or three or four yeah, or whatever, yeah. but yeah. They, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not the but ones, we yeah. still thought we were killing it because we had three from, we had three choices from you, three from CJ, one from Taj, or two from Taj. I can't say that. And we, <laughs> <laughs> I just said that to try to get a laugh, just kidding, Taj. I think he, he gave us a huge... You might have gave us the thin... <laughs> no, no, I was saying you might have gave us the limited choice. Because <laughs> you were on your game, I remember yeah, Taj was yeah. like, eh, whatever, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, no, yeah, I just remember we had, um, yeah, we had all the choices. I think because you guys were pretty much just going to fuck them up on the shore yeah, break all, anyway. Uh, gas chambers. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, 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 I was like, no, you're not doing that yeah. to my boards. Yeah, no, you're right. A couple of times I told my friend, bruh, stop breaking. Like, the first time or two is kind of like, ah, ha, ha. Like, fucking, <laughs> whatever, talking shit, you know. But then um, eventually, like, he, my friend would do it again. You know, I'm like, bro, stop doing it. You're going to blow our whole deal. Like, they're not going to let us use any of these boards anymore. And now I'm using the same one you dung yesterday because they limited our board choice. <laughs> so, but, but I remember the highlights of those times were just, like, sometimes we'd... Because you guys had really magic boards then, too. I remember we'd randomly get, like, the 7.6 or something, and it'd be super narrow, and we'd, like, do a cutback, like, fully, like... Ooh, boom hit it and then we'd come in yeah come in and then um you, i remember you a couple times you're like bro i seen you fully change the direction on the um big board are you fully went like it was be a tiny wave you're like you swung the big board like you kind of got it you got to keep doing that and then yeah no i just remember those cool little goals you'd set so we'd be like okay if it's a big board try to swing it this way and that way and just get them psyched because yeah, I know you. Yeah, that was cool. That was when I was a. <laughs> I was just all tiny. The board was all. Was like, oh. <laughs> Man, and you're a kid growing up in the '90s on the north shore of Oahu. So, like, uh, you know, whilst you were a protected species, uh, a lot of people at that <laughs> at that period uh, they weren't protected species. And uh, you know, the, the who are running the show? What does it look like from your perspective? Uh, yeah, with, with all that kind of madness going on. Detective Mason. Yeah. Nah, when I was super young, I think I even had more access when I was super young because I would, like, sneak around and really watch, you know. As I got older, I just realized, like, stop watching. It's getting scary. I <laughs> 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 just stop watching. You got to start playing dumb. Like, when I was young, I was trying to be on it, but then eventually I was like, okay, play dumb. Like, no, yeah, I stopped. I kind of tuned out of the whole kind of scary part, what, what you're talking about. What kind of I got... I had a good feeling, like, uh, sometimes just being in my family, you know, you'd hear kind of whispers of a couple things going on, and I was always, like, praying that I'd never be involved with any of the, you know, some of the bad stuff that I'd hear. And then I know I was really protected from my family just because I'd hear a lot of my friends getting into a lot of trouble. And sometimes we'd be able to help them out, but sometimes we wouldn't, you know, so I was just like... It'd be pretty, pretty crazy because I'd be almost doing some of the stuff they're doing, you know, and then I'd, I wouldn't do it, you know, and then they'd do it and get in big, big trouble. Or I'd do it and then get in big trouble but a little bit and they'd get in the real trouble. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what you're talking about. I kind of got protected, so I was just like, okay, never again. Like, 
kind of like, you know, when you do something bad and you're like, I promise, like you almost look, I promise I'll never do this again. And then you get away. I had a lot of those. So <laughs> led me to this and I never did it again. Most of them. Mate, um, <laughs> you know, when the Wolfpack's at peak Wolfpack, it's when Andy and Bruce are at the top of their game. And, you know, you know, you're, you're old enough by this stage to know the power of these guys and what they're doing in the water. Um, what was it like for you to be in that orbit of those two when they were just by far and away the guys? I, I think um, besides being, besides being like, I mean, I just feel really blessed to have my bloodline. I mean, or I don't want, I don't want to sound bad or nothing, but I, I feel really blessed to be to have my family, you know. But I don't know, like I almost feel the next biggest. That's like my biggest blessing in my life. I feel like I have a perfect like family and everything you know but but I feel like my next biggest blessing ever is just being able to see like Bruce and Andy and Joel and Mick and everybody do what all you guys did because you I feel like you molded a um like my class or whatever of surfing we're so lucky to have you guys there because you guys were like the perfect mix of the true old school and the true new school like I th I think we're still we all still can't touch what they channel as like the old school and we all can't even touch almost what they've done new school wise you know I mean I see these I mean I can't <laughs> I see some of these kids like doing but probably the airs you guys did and the you always had all the grabs down and just how you, you guys attacked surfing you know I, I feel like you guys really broke away from the old school and then created this new school thing for us to kind of like like you guys played the video game more than halfway and it was like here kids and just like so we're just like playing with the new levels you know but i don't know something about i feel like these guys can't be touched and, and andy and bruce there's no touching no matter what we all or my class and all these young guys do are still yet to be truly moved like i was with andy and bruce in that era yeah <laughs> And what about actual interactions with those guys at their peak? Were they supportive of you? Were they like, you cheeky little fucker? Like, what, what, how did they... They're all the same like Joel, bro. They're all the same. They're all the same class too, you could tell. They all went the same, the same professor. I don't know who, maybe Aki. There's a couple professors. Aki and Tom Do you and have a, a memory of paddling out pipeline oh, yeah. and sharing that lineup with... Andy or Bruce or something they said to you yeah. or a moment where you were like, fuck, I got in the way or anything I like remember, that. I remember so many. I mean, like I said, luckily I was my dad's son, you know, so I got to always like any house I wanted. I was like, like I'm going into any house. Where's all my favorite surfers? Like, I'm and then my, my go-to was always I'm eating their cereal. Everyone had cereal. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so easy. How do you get mad at a little kid eating cereal, man? Like... I don't know, but luckily I was super lucky, and then, um, yeah, they always had, like, love for me, they're always like, oh, Mike, son, you know, Mace, what's up, you know, I don't know if I was, like, a, I still don't know if I was, like, a bad, one of the bad Groms, or good Groms, no, no, what man. do you think? You were never a pain in the ass or anything, when you walked in, we were stoked to see you, no so. No way, I, I felt that, I feel better now, because now I look back a couple times, I was like, if some kid did that, I'd just be like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, ah, oh, kid, how do you guys even get away with anything? I remember sitting there eating, like, just like, Joel just went in the room. Oh, Aki's surfing all day. Where, where is that guy? He's, like, gone all day, bro. Like, and then I'd just be watching every, like, just watching everything. You know? But, um, 
Oh, Andy. Let me just see. I'll try to get quick on it. But but I had a couple really cool with Andy just because he was my, my like, favorite. Because I think even before I met Joel or anything, I'd always have these, um, not altercations, but these little fun incidents with Andy. Like, like one time I remember I dropped, I was eating showy chicken, and I dropped the skin on his board before a heat. He was getting ready for his heat. And he was like, so, you know when you're a I kid? I remember this. You remember it? Yes. That's amazing. He lost his shit. God, are you he kidding lost- me? That is unbelievable. He, he played it cool to me, but I, I knew, like, because I even think that, that still haunts me almost. I think, you know when you're a kid? Holy have you ever had this? Oh, shit. No, I'm getting cut off. What is it over? Should I end this shit? Should I end the story or am I Best off? Best story I'm a kid going. Okay, anyway, I'll try and make it short, too. So you know when you're a kid in school, like you know in kindergarten, a tiny kid, and you kind of like pick on the girl you like, you know, a little bit just to get some, I don't know, maybe the girl doesn't even care about you, and you're just like, ah, like pick on her, you know? I just remember Andy, I was just like trying to get Andy's attention. He'd never look at me or like, or just he was so focused to win this one comp or something. It was like a pipe comp. I think I was like nine, eight or nine, and I just remember I was like, this guy won't fucking look at me. He doesn't even know he's my favorite. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I was like, he gave me a five, maybe like he gave me like five fives, but I was like, I want more than that. This guy, like, <laughs> so I was like looking, and, and I just remember my friend was about to drop the chicken skin on his board. We we're up at the Jerry's house, and we're on the third story, and he was waxing his board. And I remember I was just watching, I'm like, oh, Andy, oh, Andy, Andy, oh, Andy. Oh, and then all of a sudden I see my hand, my friend's hand with the chicken skin, because we're, we're eating this food. And I'm just like, look, oh, what are you doing? Stop. And I remember I was like, don't do that. And he's like, why, bro? It's just Andy fucking. Because my, my friend Andy would scrap my friend's brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know. This is great. Yeah, I could talk this shit. Andy would love it too. And my friend's brother would love it. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, my friend's like, fuck. Like, I love Andy, but fuck. I'm doing it. And I was just like, bro, no, don't do it. And then I was like, give me that thing. And I was like. I'm doing it, huh? And, I, and I, I swear on my life, I just dropped the thing on him, boom, because I figured I'm going to blame it on you, or he'll know it's you, because you, he fights your brother, and I love him, and so I'm like, I'm going to fucking get you, and so I dropped it, boom, and I remember the chicken fell on his board, and I didn't even mean for it to land perfectly on his board, and this is like, show you chicken, yeah, like, once it lands on your board, it's all oily, there's no way you're waxing your board, <laughs> like, that board's done. So right there, the oil hits, splats, and I just remember, I'm like, no, I hit the top, and I jumped back, I jumped back behind the um, balcony, and then I just heard him, what the fuck, I heard him, fuck, and I was just like, oh no, and then my friend Crew even came behind, and he was just like, he's like, you're fucked, you're fucked, and he knew, and I was just like, no, you're fucked, and he's like, he just looked at me, but you're not a, that, that's like, you're, and I was just like, I knew already, okay, I'm not that much of a wuss. I'm going to man up, that's Andy. Like, I got to man up. I don't want nothing. I want to get this over with. So I just poked my head back over, and he was already just staring up to see. And I just looked over the thing, and he just seen me, and he's like, and he like almost said my name, which was, I was almost looking for him, but he didn't. He's just like, looked at me. <laughs> he like looked at me, and I was just like, Andy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, He's like, ah, I forget. To be honest, I don't want to get this shit twisted because this is all for real now. But I don't remember what he said. But I just remember I, um, 
I ran down to tell him sorry. And then by the time I got to the bottom, he already like wiped it down and was putting the wax on and just tried. But I was telling him, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's like, why would you do that to me? He's like, why, why? He's like, you're always so, you're always so cool, Grom. You're always so cool. And I was just like, oh. And then I was all, <laughs> no, yeah. And I was just like, I was like, Annie, or I was like, and I swear to God, and I was like, to be honest, no, well, to be honest, that was for good luck. I know it's good luck. I promise. No, I'm not kidding, bro. I was like, I know it's good luck. I promise you it's good luck. I promise. And then he's just like, yeah, like, kind of looked at me like, it better fucking be. Yeah, and then he like waxed his board, and I remember he went out. I swear to God, this is a true story. Went out, and I remember I ran back up to the third story and was just like, Andy's like, oh, you're full. Like, any way this goes, you're like blown, you know? Like, and I was like, I like just shh, I gotta focus, I gotta pray, like I gotta. He, Andy's getting through this heat. And I remember watching the heat, and you might remember this too, if he's it, or because he took off on his first wave, and it was a right, a back door, and he took off first wave. Swear to God, little too deep, pulled into the thing, didn't come out, came up, broken board, <laughs> in half. And I just remember I took off, boom, down down the stairs, down the Jerry house. <laughs> I got to the bottom and I knew David Riddle was gonna have the backup or David was right there I just ran up and just grabbed it from Dave I went to grab it and Dave already knew because he already knew the whole thing and he's like no he's like don't even fucking come around here Grom or he's like <laughs> no or he's like don't even touch this board like I know and I was like let me run it down to him please I gotta tell him sorry and I know he's still gonna make the heat because it was still early I swear <laughs> and then right there, I'm like, I gotta tell him, please, I gotta. And he's like, no, watch out. And he grabbed the board and started running, and I just chased him down and went all the way down with the board. And then Andy was getting the board. And there's a clip of this in the Andy, the um, kissed by God. or yeah, There's a clip of me in the beginning. You'll see me and my friend running, chasing him. And he literally... He literally broke his board and we got to him and as he's grabbing the other board, changing it, first thing he does, I came, ran up to him, he sees me, he's like, I thought it was good luck. But, <laughs> but it wasn't, he wasn't mad, I swear on my life too, he's like, he wasn't mad, but he wasn't stoked. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I thought it was good luck and I kind of felt like a bond with him right there, I'm like, I'm not in trouble yet, I'm like, and I even told him, hey, I swear it's still good luck, you're gonna win the heat. Like, and he even knew, he's like, oh, you're right, too. Like, I know I am. Like, so something, like, it was cool. And then he went back out on the heat. And I just remember when I ran back to the Jerry house, went right back up to the top. I was just praying, please. And then my friend's all, you're fucked. You're, you broke his board. You did it. Like, you told him. I'm just like, shut up. I promise he's going to make it. And he ended up making it. And I think he might have, like, I mean, to be honest, I forget his final result. But he made the heat. No, I think he got third in the whole thing and gave me his trophy. And then my friend, we all bet money in the final. And my friend bet there was like three Hawaiians and one guy from Puerto Rico. I think it was like Carlos Cabrera or something. But he put money on Carlos and Carlos won. And I had Andy and we had these guys. But I remember I told Andy, hey, I put money on you to win. And he was just like, he's like, here's my trophy. And I was just like, Andy, bro. Like, <laughs> That's fucking old that time, guy. Nice. Yeah, That's yeah, a hell of a story, bro. <laughs> Gonna be that many people stopping at KFC for good luck on the way home, I reckon. Let's get O up. And now for tonight's main event. Fighting out of Goldborough Beach via Lennox Head, Australia. Standing six feet tall 
and three inches of coiled up backside snapping tube wrangling dick ribs and dangy. Our next guest etched his name into interdimensional interplanetary folklore with the most stoic, stomach-churning, vein-popping rebirth this side of Uranus. A gift from above, an angel sent back to Earth on a skits cone-packing mission to inspire many generations to come. This all-Australian grit merchant has given new meaning to the term bronze dozzy, has given new hope to battlers the world over, and has given it, it being life, a red-hot fucking crack. Please welcome to the stage, in this, his final dig as a competitor at Bells Beach, Owen the Big O. Owen Wright, ladies and gentlemen, his last comp ever at Bells. Oh, brother, so good to have you here on Ain't That Swell. First live show. You've been with us a few times, but welcome to the mayhem. I mean, I just laughed the whole time. That was the best ever, mate. That was so good. (laughs) Mate, uh, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I... Clearly, you know that you're in my fantasy surf team, so the pressure must be fucking unbearable. Oh, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like you can get it done this week? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I had a surf with Philippe today and he looked pretty unbelievable. <laughs> but, um, Who? you know. Who? Who was that? Yeah. Philippe? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, you know, see how the chips fall. Like, I... I won an event when I was still pretty much couldn't, didn't really know who I was. So, I, you know, I'm in this one and I feel fine and I know who I am. So I reckon I got a shot. It's a good start <laughs> when you know who you are. It's definitely a good start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've never won at Bells, but you did pretty well here. I think, was it a, as a wild card when you were 19? Beat Dane Reynolds and uh, Slater in, uh, the, in the same event. Talk us through that. Oh, man. Like, Bells has just this, been this place where, like, as a kid growing up in Aussie, just, like, you just... It's just like what you cherish. You just you think about it all day long. You rip curl and you want to get sponsored. You want to ride their wetsuits and you want to surf for fucking rip curl pro. And we used to come down in our my dad's bus and um, rip curl would always say, to him, "Oh, come, we've got this house for you." And oh, like you know, he's nineteen. Like you can probably get him a house now. He's like, "No, he's staying in the bus. We're eating out of the <laughs> we're eating out of the back of a van." And and I'm like, "Oh man, dad, you're such a drag." Like, I don't want him to lose his grit. <laughs> Exactly. My dad did not want me to lose my grit, man. Um, instead, I was just eating it on my dinner with the sand blowing all from my food. And it was just Fuck! <laughs> grit! <laughs> but, but, man, that was, I, I was sleeping in the van that year with, and, um, and, and my dad was just like, this is, this is what you're here for, man. Like, these guys, these guys are, are what you're built to take down. And I was just like, am I? Really? Is this what it's about? And he was like, yep. Yeah. He goes, they're nothing, you've got this. And I just kind of felt like I was invincible going in there. 
and um, had Dane and had Kelly and took them down and, and probably lost to Mick or Joel. <laughs> Which to me, those guys were just like, you know, oh, it was watching them surf the bowl when I was young was unbelievable, man. How surreal was it to be lining up against Slater at 19 years old? And I think uh, he actually was on this program talking about that heat and, and just saying that he was trying to make chit-chat with you, as he does, but you just were fully ice-cold blanking him. <laughs> what are your memories of uh, that exchange? Oh, well, this, this is good. This is good. Like, when, when I was a Grom and I was trying to make the tour, like, kind of like, makes you hear all these stories, man. Like, it was just like, oh, you know, Joel's this and that and then mix this and that and... And for me, like, the biggest part about, like, competing in, at Bells was, like, being in the same event as Mick and Joel. Kelly, on the other hand, was like, oh, this guy just tries to get in your head. He tries to give you these laser eyes and he tries to fuck your head up. And when I'm like, what the fuck is this guy on about? So when it came to the event, he kept trying to look at me and I was just like, I'm not fucking looking at him. <laughs> And so he would, like, be staring at me or trying to stare at me. I'd be just looking straight past him. <laughs> and I would not give him an inch or say a word to him. Or, and he was my hero. But, like, Joel and Mick were more my heroes. I couldn't do that to them. But to Kelly, on the other hand, it was just like, this guy is like a competitive beast and he's trying to beat you in your head before he beats you in the water. And so I just, like, consciously just never looked at him. Did he... Did he... <laughs> Did he start chirping up as the heat went on? Like, start going you about respect and it, all that sort of stuff? Well, no, he tried to talk to me. And I just, just wasn't, nah, nothing, mate. <laughs> he didn't say nothing. Which was like, at the time, as a grommet, you're so full of confidence and you're cocky and all this stuff. And then, you know, looking... But, but I think that's, like, all the stories that I heard from, you know, from Mick and Joel and the other Aussies and Otts and all those boys going, oh, man, don't let him talk to you. Don't nothing. Don't let him give him an inch. Like, and... Um, and that's what I did there as a, as a grommet. Parko, just on that, like you were saying that you like a chat in a heat. You don't like icing people out and getting like that. How did you go with Kelly when he started talking to you? Um, not, actually, not that good. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was probably just a bit too nice. I'd just chat back and stuff. And I was like telling myself, don't get too far in this convo. And the next thing you know... Just like ah, oh, I got in a convo and um, but <laughs> <laughs> and then no, but I mean I don't think I I, I never found for myself like w once once I staunched him when I was I think I had a bit other stuff going on and I just went I'm not talking I'm not talking but the rest of the times the other times I was surfing against him I didn't feel like it mattered to the result whether he was going to sit there it wasn't you know going to distract me too much but at that age. Definitely, I'd be a bit more because you're a bit more deer in the headlights then. But as, a, as I'm sure, you know, if you come and talk to you in a heat now, you talk to him. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get stuck in the chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And lose. <laughs> no. Mate, you got the better of the goat in a, a few exchanges. That was one of them. But also in New York, right? You beat him in the final of the, the world's richest surf contest at the time. Still don't think that purse has been topped. Yeah, talk to us about that, man. Getting the better of the goat uh, in in stakes as high as that. Yeah, um, I had a couple of a couple of rounds with him um, in that. Um, yeah, I had him here at Bells. I had him again at Super Tubes later that year, and I think Mick was going for his title, or was it? I'm not sure. Was that the same year? I'm not sure. Was that the same year you were going? Yeah, was that one again in New York? No, oh, was nine. That was eleven, wasn't it? Oh nine. It was eleven. Two thousand eleven. Oh, yeah. two thousand eleven. Oh yeah, and then but you had three finals in a row with him. Yeah, in that one little window. Yeah, so that was 
pretty much back Yeah, when back. I qualified for the tour, I had this one year where I had three finals in a row with him. It was really weird. Like, we, I had him at Chopes and... And for myself, I felt like, yeah, okay, you're in the final at Chopes. That's what I've always, in my head, was born. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go make the final at Chopes and try and, you know, win that. Um, and I remember, um, I didn't talk to him there, but he still beat me. <laughs> he just he just had, you know what, the waves were like six to, six to ten feet, where it was like on the inside shelf or on the outside shelf. And Kelly... I was on the outside shelf all day and I was just like, went out there in my 6'6", six, six, sat in my spot and was like, all right, I'm going to get my two waves. He went and sat like 20 metres further in on the reef and it was the, and the first heat of the day that he did that and got cleaned up by a few but then picked off like the best drainers. Um, but I learned a really tough lesson that day and that's what I did to Gabby like just the other year. I moved in and played that exact game. So, no way. So that yeah. was the lesson, what, 10 years later? you just 10 years later, I got to use that same thing. I, I looked at the swell and I went, it's a dying swell. It's getting more inconsistent. I'm going to move 20 metres further in. And, and I did it. And I took wet wipeouts all through the start of the heat. And by the end of the heat, it dropped off so much that I got two inside drainers way underneath Gabby. That's, that was what the lesson I learnt from Kelly. Famous victory as well, Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mate, uh, your record when it was big and hollow is near peerless. And, uh, I mean, I, th I think it was Charles Bukowski who said, uh, doing dangerous things with style is art. And, uh, you know, when it was big and barreling, mate, you were the Vincent Van Cone of surfing. <laughs> when did that thirst for cones of mortal coneoquence really begin to develop? Yeah, um, I had... When, when I grew up, um, my dad was, always went to Bali. And, um, and he would always come back showing me these, like, photos that he bought with all blurred-out, pixelated things. But you could see these giant left-handers at Ulu's or Scar Reef that he'd bring home, um, these photos. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to go to Bali. I want to go to Bali. I want to get barreled, like, just, just hooked on it. And he said, all right, well, you've got to... We lived near Aussie Pipe, um, south of Sydney. And um, he's like, all right, you've got to learn to surf Aussie Pipe. And... And, and then once you can surf Aussie Pipe, we'll take you to Indo. And so I was probably six years old at this stage and I started surfing. <laughs> yeah, thinking about it, six years old, I started surfing Aussie Pipe and by, by eight I got to go to Indo and got to go to G-Land and all these places because I was just so hooked on like getting barreled and, and Aussie Pipe. And you know what? Trying to get to Indo was like my first time with like really knowing what the reef looked like. I lost, still got to this day, got a chunk of my ear missing from trying to get to Indo at seven years old, trying to practice so I could get there. <laughs> and that's when I first started loving left-hand barrels. And that just stick, stuck on through, I grew up down, down that way and there was just left-hand slab after left-hand slab. And um, uh, I, I kind of felt most at home when I got to tour on those waves as well. Um, it just kind of stuck on. Do you mind if I fire a quick question, boys? Yeah. I don't know if you guys know, but I, with the quick store chat that we had the other day about your ring, yeah, um, Owen melted his medal down and made it the ring and gifted one to Bede. And I had a chat with Bede the other day, and Bede was just so thankful, and it was pretty amazing. I, I reckon that's incredible, mate. So good. That's on your bronze medal. Yeah, right here, man. Right there. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> At the end of the show, we'll, fo- we'll file an orderly line and we can all bow down and kiss that ring. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Beat and I, so out of respect for my coach, you know, like coaches don't get, you know, me standing there with the medal is one medal. But Bede worked through thick and thin over years, coming down to Lennox, like was one day we surfed Tallows. It was a nor'east freaking cyclone swell, rain going sideways, and he's uh, he's like, okay, suiting up. He's paddling out with me. We're running mock heats, and um, we worked so hard to like get through to the Olympics, and like everything he was whispering in my ear. So like, you're you're an Irukandji out there, mate. Wrap him up in your tentacles, like sting him, sting the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all that shit, man. Like he was just like. N- ruthless like and it was coming down to the end of that that uh, bronze medal match and like beads voice in my head i was i was probably 50 meters away from gabby gabby was on the shore break and i had paddled towards the shore break through the whitewash to get to him because beads voice in my head going wrap him up in your tentacles mate <laughs> and so and so i felt like i when i did that i had to like you know, I was super grateful just for that experience, and I um, melted a um, melted a ring together and put the put the bronze medal on it, and and um, yeah, forever we'll be knuckling and yeah, cheers on that. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing and and, and very uh, prophetic that you guys you know battle it out in sideshore howling cyclonic tallows because that was pretty much the conditions you were served up for that. Uh, that that was that was the weirdest thing, man. Where we were stood on the beach at Tallows, it was like six foot whitewashed, couldn't barely bead bead got out, caught one wave, couldn't get back out, which was kind of like what it was like in Japan. Like it was so hard to get out. It was just constant, constant wash. And um we came in from that session and B just goes, This is what medals are made of, mate. In the grittiest voice you could ever hear. Oh, pure grit, true grit. <laughs> Amazing. I could just imagine him on the sand, like after he said that, just doing that big moose call into the sky. He was just cheering. He's like, This is what medals are made of. And I was just like, Yeah, right, mate, sure. Like, <laughs> and, and it wasn't until I stood on the beat, on the sand after just one, and I just went, I just had this moment and it just came out and I was like, no way, Tallow's that day and he just went, oh, like lost his fucking mind, man. <laughs> Parker, I'd love to get your take on this. Like that bronze medal, you know, your whole career surfing and the Olympics weren't, wasn't really a thing. Uh, it becomes a reality. Watching that heat and seeing, oh, get that medal for Australia, how did you feel seeing that? Oh, it was incredible. I felt like I was, I felt like I was watching like a, Bloody someone walk on the moon for the first time. It was, it was that, and especially it was someone that, you know, especially Bede's one of my best mates, and watching him do what he did with the team and the yeah. camaraderie around the Stingers or whatever, you know, the Urukanjis or you yeah. call them. Yeah. Um, I was just like, mate, this is amazing. This is, Bede has really got these guys, um, you know, in a good headspace to really take on them. And I was so stoked when you did it. I was so happy. I thought, you know, such a great thing for Australian surfing and you inspired me, but I'd hate to think of the amount of grommets you must have inspired, men and female. So good on you, bro. Yeah, no, um, cheers, man. Cheers, cheers. Man, one of the craziest things about that event was just how marginal and, and awful the conditions were. And, I mean, you know, a lot is made about your ability in, in waves of mortal coniquence, but mm. it's, it's often forgotten how versatile 
Uh, you are as a surfer, I can kind of remember you winning a world junior champ, maybe in Brazil in marginal conditions and uh, you know, putting together some crazy surf sections in, in Lost Atlas in, in, in pretty marginal conditions too. I mean, talk to us about that heat and getting the better of Medina in conditions like that, you must have felt really up against it heading into the heat. Yeah, um, definitely was up against it. Um, Bede and I knew that and, and, and this is where Joel says, it was like we... Bede really worked on headspace camaraderie and like um, I came in from the match with Italo which was for to get into the gold medal match and um, I missed out by 0.3. I came in and, and it was like Bede had the whole squad there just like pat me on the back like it's you know next one and, and you know I knew I knew the task at hand like and even beyond that like Beat and Surfing Australia had organised, like, I had a video from Joel, you lads were on it, and Mick, and all, Oki was on it, all the surfing greats in Oz sent us a video prior to the Olympics starting, and just wishing us all the best, and pretty much saying the weight of the country is on your shoulders, so, like, <laughs> pull your finger out. <laughs> yeah, don't fuck up. Or don't you, fuck up. Don't come home. <laughs> But honestly, it, it, it added to the it added to the weight of that moment where it was like you've better fucking pull your finger out. Like you've just lost. Now you're in the bronze medal match. You're either coming home with nothing, and you're against the two-time world champ who's just won four events at the start of the year, and you've had nothing but thirteenths. <laughs> so I just ate. I had the worst start to the year. Like it was just like, okay, what is going on this year, man? Like you you can't get anything together. I lost and I lost. I lost. So I was just eating these losses for breakfast. So I was like, all right, I've got it. Like now's my now's my time. I just took this loss to miss out on the bronze medal match, and I was in this space of like, fuck. Oh, I've just been eating them for breakfast, like Mason does from a drummer. <laughs> and like I was just there, just going, I know, Mason eating frosties <laughs> at the bloody Oakley yeah. house. Mason's eyebrows just then when you said, yeah, I was getting losses like breakfast. He nah. was just going, fuck breakfast. No, no, no. no I looked at him like, oh, bro, I'm trying to figure it because I ate more losses for breakfast than <laughs> anyone, bro. So I was like, oh, he got me good right there, bro. <laughs> but you're talking about the cereal, huh? The cereal, no, no, no. You're the man, bro. I was just saying, <laughs> eating my losses. Yeah, yeah, that was my style. I was just like, well, oh, water off a duck's back, like, on to the next one. And and, I, and and then I come into the locker and Gabby's like, Gabby and the coach were in my like locker space. And I was just like looking at Bede and I was like, he looks a bit sad and he's in my space. And like, this is when COVID was happening. You're not even supposed to like touch people or even be in anyone, any space. And he was sitting in, in my locker there and I was just like, all right, look at Bede and Bede looks at me and we just kind of like get a bit like, Get a bit Aussie, I reckon, eh? Like, yeah, just just smash a like... chair over his head or what? <laughs> <laughs> we just, I don't know what it was, but I think Bede, like, grew, like, you know, a foot and I, my chest just all puffed out and we just, like, muscled on over and just, like, the odd little nudge here and there and, like, got changed. And, and it was just this, like, moment in the locker room where, you know, they were, per I think they were purposely in that space and it was, like, we were in this battle before, prior to the heat starting and, um... You know, they were in my space, I was getting changed, they weren't moving and like I'm talking, Gabby was like right here and I'm half nude and things going, you know, getting changed and I'm not, you know, you're not giving him any space and we're being as loud as hell going, you're ripping out there, like beads just yelling in my ear like, you're going to sting everyone. Like, <laughs> and is just, beads being as loud as you can and so was I, I mean. I don't know, it was just this moment that Bede and I felt that was a pretty pivotal point in the, in the way that the heat unfolded. 
Gabby went out in that heat and fell off nearly everything that he tried. And I, I went out and just kind of like picked the guts out of this absolute whitewash mess and completed two rides and then just sat on him at the end of the heat. And, that, and that's kind of, for me, I felt like I used kind of a bit of Kelly's mind tactics and I felt like I had that heat prior to the heat starting with, with Gabby in that moment. Magic moment. Magic, magic moment in Australian magic. sport. And it's really interesting. I actually forgot that, that you had a shocker leading up to, to the Olympics. I mean, I guess, like, one of the real hallmarks of your career, especially post-brain injury, was just your ability to show resilience, to show grit, and, mm. uh, you know, get yourself up for, like, heats that you, you weren't informed for. Mm. I mean, like, what did it teach you coming back from the absolute depths, the absolute abyss, like mm. what did you learn on that journey and, and did it steal you in, in moments like that when the chips are down? Yeah, um, geez, what did I learn? Uh, yeah, a bit of trauma. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what, I think it, it, it gave me patience. Like I, I, um, I wanted to surf, I couldn't surf. I wanted to do the tour, I couldn't do the tour. I wanted to... Walk to the end of the house. I couldn't walk to the end of the house. There was there was times where it was things where I just weren't possible, and um, I just had to like keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Um, and each day, like, okay, you can walk to the end of the house. All right, get to your letterbox, you know. So I just had to build and build and build like this every day. And then sometimes I'd go too far, and it would set me back, and I wouldn't be able to do stuff for a few weeks and whatnot. But I always maintained that that discipline to like get up and try again. And, and I think that that right there is kind of like what Snapper was like for me. I went into Snapper with my doctor saying, just do your heat and then, you get, then we're probably going to pull you out of the event and rest you. And I did my heat and then I just was like, I'm going to keep trying. Like that worked, I'm going to keep trying. And then it just kept going like that. And, and I ended up winning that first event back. But I think that, that, like, that learning from that time that was just like, an incredibly intense period, but but it taught me something deep to like never count yourself out. And it's kind of like there you go. There's the Olympics is coming up. I felt like David versus Goliath, and I felt like I had eaten losses all year. But then I was coming up against the informed surf of the year, won the whole Aussie leg, and is a two-time champ. And um, and I just I just went in there with like the confidence that I, this is going to be my heat. Um, and I think that's what I learned from from the head injury, and it's kind of like where I'm coming here now. It's my last event, and you got, you got you ask, oh, what, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to count myself out. I'm going to keep trying until the bell until the buzzer goes. <laughs> it's amazing, man. Amazing lessons for life. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, um, the heartbreak of the cut is yeah, you know, it's real. Oh like, yeah, it's gnarly. Yeah. Um, now that you've had a year to marinate on that, you know, what's that been like for you? And, like, I know that, you know, your decision to retire is based on other factors. Yeah. But how hard was that at the time? You know what, man, that cut, I hated it. Oh, just, it just, it just, it, in my head, I, um, I was like, you know what, this is not something I like. I don't like it. And, and, I, and I think it might, I think I let it get the better of me. Like, now I look back at it and I... I'm I'm the guy that it, that it cut like I was the first spot out and um, it, it it hurt you know and I when I was walking out of that the locker in West Oz 
um, you know, it was gut-wrenching. And I was like, all, everything was flashing. You know, you don't think past the, the instant loss, you know. There's obviously plenty of stuff to come. But it just was like, oh, man, like, is this it? Like, is it over? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all that stuff going through your head. You're like, oh, I wish my... Wish, wish my dad was here and like wish this, you know all these things would, were coming up and it was gut-wrenching but I just somewhat felt that um, that that cut was like you know it, it had a bigger purpose to my life and um, it, that bigger purpose got re revealed later when with that cut happening it, it gave me the opportunity to go and check up on my brain health it had been years since my um, my uh, traumatic brain injury and it was back that was at the end of 2015 and went now in 2022 and at, at the time and I was like oh, I haven't done gone and rechecked up and there was, I had a few problems at the start of that year um, with minor knocks um, and they were kind of going on in the background so I always I was like okay cut you know positive what's what can I do go check up on the brain checked up on that and and um, the tap on the shoulder was like mate it, it's time to it's time to step out and um I mean that was even harder to take on, but but in my it, when I got told that it's like I knew something inside of me was like that's the right that's the right way to go, um, and I look back at my start of the year and I had a heat at pipe and it was like a ten foot day and I couldn't catch a wave the waves just deserted me we ended up surfing a two to three foot heat and I was like what so I started looking back from my year at sunset I had an interference which was like took me out of the event and it was eight to ten foot the whole time and then. Margie's I couldn't catch a wave and like it was all these weird moments in these big conditions and I was like maybe something was looking after me maybe something life has a, a bigger plan for you and and all these positive things out of it and and that's where I've digested it and come to it now where it's like okay that was time you were meant to get that tap on the shoulder and you're meant to surf for the rest of your life and not have one of those moments where you have to really dig deep to get <laughs> get through those you know um, head injuries again so I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy about that and, and I've digested it, but um, I'm just really looking forward to celebrating my last event on the world tour, getting to perform again and then, you know, getting on the search, surfing for the rest of my life and enjoying my family, man. Yeah. Mate, you've made me want to retire from this show and go and enjoy my family. <laughs> Now, I'm interested to know, you know, like, what are your fondest memories of, of traveling the world and, and, and doing the tour? Oh, some of my fondest would have to be, would have to be, like, we, we had this great crew with um, Rip Curl, with Wilco. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vorno's just retired. <laughs> are you looking for a co host? I'm free. Is I've he got still a job. down? Are we taking him to the glue factory? <laughs> Is he all right? Is you all good? No, uh, there's, mate, we've had so many people fall off stage. I knocked myself out on one of these beams coming into uh, the Evoca RSL. I think Bill Cilia fell backwards off a chair and uh, pretty much knocked himself out in an amp. Vaughn's the, uh, the latest victim. Oh, well. <laughs> Awful but, laughs, isn't it? Everyone have a laugh at Vaughn's expense because... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Wait, nothing else we can do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, mate, we, we had this um, great crew of Rip Curl. Mace was one of them. And... Um, Man, those times that were in and around the events, like we went on these search trips straight afterwards and we just had the best time, man. Like we'd go to all these different countries and explore these different waves. Um, you know, a few, a few crazy nights and, you know, 
getting in some pretty hairy situations and um but yeah we we made it <laughs> are you all right mate <laughs> yeah talk us uh talk us to your trip man yeah <laughs> wow yeah oh be very careful yeah <laughs> getting down those stairs bro well maybe just uh yeah take this if you if you go on there, <laughs> Mace, am I jumping in here, Smithy? Sorry. No, go away. Go for it. Mate, uh, you guys have been on the same team for a long time. Uh, you know, you must have got up to some good adventures. This, this is going to be, you know, the future. You two hanging out yeah. and going on trips together. So. <laughs> I mean, what can you tell this young whippersnapper about, you know, the adventures that he's got coming up, Mace? Well, I mean, he knows he's got his helmet on. <laughs> nah, nah, we're, we're just, um, I can't wait to, every time I've surfed with Owen, it's been so fun, and um, we're, I was always joking. I Remember we did that fun little trip around in Australia? I don't, I don't want to say any towns or anything, but remember it's in your neighborhood. But, yeah. um, yep. dude, I just remember when we were surfing together, I was having so much fun watching you, like the way you connect with the ocean, you know? I don't know, I was just like, yeah. just... Just how you would let everyone, you were like letting me go, oh, letting Wilco go, letting everyone go, and then, but you're always on the nice, good wave. And remember, I was joking. <laughs> no, but, but I was joking. Remember, you had a sick little water drop um, necklace or something. Oh, uh, yeah, nuts. yeah. I'm like, wow, the water yeah. drop. You, you just yeah. won. Yeah. But I was yeah. thinking, I'm like, dude, Owen's nuts. Like, <laughs> just the way he was picking his waves, you know? Because a couple times, I was like, I became aware. I was like, a couple times you're like, go. I'm like, no, no, or I'm, I'm just going to wait with you, you know, yeah, a little yeah. bit. And you weren't even, it wasn't, you weren't, but, but I was just like, I'm going to wait. And then finally one would come. I'm like, oh, this is so good. I'm going. And you'd be like, you're going, you're up, yeah. go, or whatever. And you'd let me go, and then you'd just always be on the better one. I was just like, Paul oh, Owen. And then I, it hit me, though, because you just won that event when you just came back, I think, yep. after the yep. So it, like, kept hitting me. I'm like, oh, this is why Owen's so nuts, like. This is why, you know, like, so yeah. I don't know. I just can't wait to go on the trip and, like, just connect with Sit him. Sit next the, to him when the, the sets are coming. Yeah, yeah. Just, just figure <laughs> out the rhythm of the ocean with him, you know, in, in some beautiful places. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. I'll be definitely just, if there's a one that's coming through, it's a little bit sketchy. Ah, oh, Mace. <laughs> no. <laughs> well. you go, mate. mate. Here you go, mate. We'll see. We'll Dude. see. But. Yeah, I, I remember Mick saying about your surf and I uh, on one of the trips we all did, he was like, mate, Owen is never in the wrong spot on a wave. He's always in the perfect spot. He's got perfect positioning, perfect speed. It's a beautiful compliment that you get a lot, Joel. And I mate, have you ever tried to paddle against this guy? Like, I've, uh, it's the, you're, you're, I don't think he's ever lost a paddle. I remember paddle battle. You, <laughs> the way you paddle, and every time you're in a paddle battle on a race with someone, I'm always like, oh, here we go. He's about to embarrass someone really bad here because he's by far the strongest paddler that I ever competed against. So I think you're the fastest paddler I've ever seen. Oh, thanks, mate. Did yeah. you guys have any uh, memorable heats? Hmm. I don't know. I think we would. Come on. Um, I know you surfed I, against each other you know, a couple of times. times. I had, I had, for me, it was a real uh, amazing moment for me that I got to, um, and I still got Urashi. You, you gave me Urashi. I had one of your last your last heat at Chopu with you. Yep. And I got your Rashi, man. That was, for me, real special moment. And um, we had a great heat. And for me, just finished that heat with Joel. He was his last lap. And, and to have a heat with him that year, and um, um, I, I was super honoured to have that Rashi. Still got it. 
Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> throttled me in that heat too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we had we had heaps of battles over the years, and um, mostly I got smoked. But yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of memories, we might get into a few uh, memories, if you don't mind. Is Oki here still? Should we get Oki up? Come on up. <laughs> Come on up, bro. How good is this? Oki's in the room. How many people were at the very first Ain't That Swell at the Bolo? Got a few? Best. The best. Oh, fuck. I was almost going to hit my head on this board again. I need a gaff. So I think Ock's going to be our quiz master, is he, Vaughan? He is. Okay. Here you go. Uh, have you got a mic? Mace, you take that one. Owen, congratulations on your last event. I'm here yes, to watch. Yes, I'm going to watch it every heat. <laughs> Mace, I haven't seen you for so long. So, so good to see you. Miss you, man. Uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, and um, for coming. And boys, Vaughn, Jed, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, welcome back. Um, and Joel, I came with Joel. We drove down together. Uh, <laughs> I drove you down. <laughs> you drove me. There's so, so driving many... Mrs. Daisy, right? <laughs> so many Magic Bells moments up here. Ock, uh, I don't know if you remember your last Bells event, but, you know, O's got this one coming up. What, what can you say to someone who, who's surfing their last ever event? Is it, is it something that you just enjoy? Is it like how do, you, how do you prepare for something like this? It's tough, you know, like because you know you want to win it. But you want to enjoy it and it's kind of two different things, you know, like it's funny all those interviews, everyone says I just want to have fun and like I never had, I never had a lot of fun in heats until it was all over, you know, and you're holding the trophy. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I just, Bells is so special. I've seen Owen have a lot of really good heats there um, and I hope the waves, you know, just come to the party. But I know he's just going to enjoy it, mm, right? Yeah. Um, it's great advice, Oki. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it, but um, I'm just gonna, you know, just, just count my grit, and if the moment comes up, I'll still put it in there, mate, and just try and sting him. <laughs> just look at that beautiful cliff and just go, how good is this? You know, just take it all in, take the years in, take it in. Yeah, um, I already feel that being here, man. It's just super, super special just to get the chance. Pumped up. Hey, man, there was this cool quote. Uh, we just did this Greatest Stories Never Told on Parco's world title year where he's going out for his the heat that's going to win him the world title. You know, this is uh, 2012. Yep. And Sean Doherty uh, wrote this yarn in Surfing World and, and the last line of this story is that this sort of message of support that someone had sent you online, Joel, and it was like, mate, just kiss your wife kiss your baby and go surfing and no matter what the result is, you've had a good day. Yeah. And I thought that's probably a good attitude to take yeah. into yeah. the yeah. last event. Yeah. Well, like, 
highlights for me for Owen is like definitely like Chopu and, and Pipe, but that one wave he got at the box was Ooh, just yeah. unbelievable. Like that really sticks out in my mind. That was the heaviest drop and the radical barrel. I never surfed the box and I was like, I didn't think it was really possible backhand, but he made made uh, that um, come true. Like you can really surf that wave backhand. I mean, not many, but yeah. Oh, really, very Th good. Thanks, well, mate. Hey, just <laughs> how many tens did you get in your career, Rock? Uh, oh, not many. Like, nah. I mean, I got a nine point nine nine against Andy at Bell's. Uh, that really big, oh, that yeah. big year that we. I think there was a quarter. I think you beat me, and then it was Andy or vice versa. But anyway, um, I don't know. I think I got a. A 10 in the back door shootout, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Not I going right. But, um, G -G no way. I can't believe you, Oggs. I think you got, I think you got a bunch of 10s. G-Land, G-Land. G-Land, I got a 10. Thank you. You got plenty. Yes. Probably just in your book. Or like, you probably got a bunch of 10s from in the contest, but just they in your head, Yeah, but, but you know, us, we don't remember much. What about you, Joel? <laughs> I know you've surfed two perfect heats. So in your career, you surfed two 20-point heats. Yeah. Uh, one at Backdoor, one at Carabas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're hard to get. How many did, do you know exactly how many you logged? I've probably maybe six, seven, eight. I don't know, around that. I don't think double figures. Um, I was lucky enough. Well, not, you know, you got to do the two tens in a row. You had a perfect score twice in, in one the contest. Same comp. Yeah, that's freakish, <laughs> but... Um, I did mine a few years apart, but yeah. Owen, yeah, how many tens did you get? The one at the box is a ten. Yeah. You got four tens in the Fiji event you won at Cloudbreak that was huge and heaving. <laughs> you got Chopu. It was like at least two or three of Chopu. Chopu. Do you know how many? Um, I seen a stat on something the other day that Rip Kill put out. I think I was into double figures, maybe eleven or twelve tens. Twelve tens. Yeah. <laughs> Take us through your favourite one. Come on, just take maybe, this room into the into the guts of your favourite Maybe that was team. something Mason was saying was true. Maybe I was letting a bunch of waves go and just like, oh, no, that's not a 10. That's not a 10. <laughs> um, but, you yeah, know, I, I think the, the best 10 that I would say, the, well, the freakiest 10 I got was that wave at the box. Um, it was a day when, like... Most of them were just complete like whitewash messes and like if it was big, it was like ugly and weird. And this one that came through was so big and so like the lump of water that was coming was just like everyone was just like, well, I was sitting there with Dusty and Dusty just started scratching for the horizon and I just was like swung around and started paddling the other way. And I had priority and I was like, I, don't, I, I knew what was coming. It was massive. But when, when I was actually taken off on that wave, that, that was like something that I was not expecting. I mean, it barreled past the reef, like out past the box reef. I didn't do that gurgly thing where it, it breaks into the barrel. I actually came out and the gurgly thing was at the bottom of the wave. So it was barreling over the top of the reef. Um, and I, for me, that was my best tank. It was kind of like a bit of a Hail Mary. I didn't know how the hell... That happened, I was just going anyway and was expecting to just eat shit. But, um, yeah, that was, that was my favourite 10. And seeing a guy shit himself like that, did that give you a bit of extra salt, you know, just to <laughs> put your head down and commit? Yeah, well, I, I just remember him just bolting and I seen it and I just, it just like something like just 
clicked inside me, oh, I gotta go this one. <laughs> just swung around and, and head down and, and, and bolted towards the beach and I only just scratched into it. So um, I don't know, something clicked in me for sure. I didn't look at it long. And one of the greatest waves ever ridden in a contest jersey for sure. Now uh, the reason we've got you all up here is to uh, play a little game called Memories where we like to take a stroll down memory lane. How's this gonna work for? And we just uh, playing these guys a couple of memories from their, their days? Yeah, all right, let's, uh, here's one. I want you to tell me, after you hear this. Ooh. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? <laughs> You'd hate to see him if he actually lost. <laughs> uh, can you tell us what's going on there, Owen? Well, that was Freddie P's comment. I had, I, it was my first year on tour and um, the... The, uh, what's the guy on the microphone at the beach? The, yeah, the beach announcer. beach announcer, honestly, he probably did, was talking about me a little too much. And Freddie just called him out. I think it was Ross and, and someone, and maybe, um, maybe um, I don't know who else it was. Freddie smelled around. He thought there was a bit of bakshish from Rip Curl going on the beach announcer's way. They were just talking me up so much. And I even remember out in the heat just going, shut up. This is so annoying. He's just getting in my head. And, um, yeah, Freddie came in and just got straight on the microphone and said, the announcers had Owen's balls in their mouth and it just went all over Channel 7, Channel 9, everywhere. <laughs> you know, I think they got their, his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? <laughs> You'd hate to see him if he actually lost. That yeah. was on news. That was the news. And he won the heat and he was still furious. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, Freddie P, responsible for some of the all-time post-heat and... Like mid heat meltdowns. Yeah. Uh, the rock. The rock. Oh, the rock. And the I understand. Rock is the best. You named your son after that rock. So uh, how is young Freddie going? Oh, mate, he's still got a couple of fiberglass at his back from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are your memories of Freddie? Uh, I can remember watching him uh, lose a heat at Trestles and just go ham on the contest scaffolding, just like screaming like a serial killer. There was just shards of fiberglass flying everywhere as he smashed his boards to bits. Uh, I mean, Mace, you grew up. Well, I guess, yeah, Freddie's from Wahoo, isn't he? North Shore. I mean, what's, it, what's the guy like outside of a contest jersey when he's not smashing boards to bits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's good memories. Yeah, that was funny. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I actually had a good time. When was it? I think it was New Year's, New Year's Eve, this last New Year's. I went to this little, like, party thing, and Freddie was there. And I remember I was like, oh, I just got to, I got to, like, I don't really get to like connect with Fred enough, or even all, a lot of these guys. I don't. Seems like we're all on our own programs, you know. And um, no, yeah, I, I seen him, and I'm just like, oh, I'm connecting with him tonight, bro. <laughs> like, I got, <laughs> I got this guy. <laughs> he doesn't even know it's coming. He just thought it was, an, <laughs> he thought it was another day with his girl, or his wife, yeah, his family. I was just like, boom. I was just like, bro, I gotta talk to you, like. <laughs> Almost made it like I was having problems in life, you know, just because it got his full attention. And then once I got him, I was just like, nah, but how fun is it? I went, I'm like, you're still, you're still psyching? What, you still, I know you're still psyching. And he's like, oh, I psych all the time. I'm like, what, you got a magic board? Do you got one that you just, you like to ride when the waves are firing? He's like, of course I got it. I got a magic board. And I was like, really? And I felt it was cool. And then I was like, what kind? Like, because I thought maybe he had his... I was imagining, like, because I always want, like, a mental contest board. I hate to admit this, but I, I, for the rest of my life, I wouldn't mind having, like, a super mental high-performance board. I don't want to be, like, the guy with the, 
whatever the twin or whatever, just the, all the fun. I always want like a mental high performance board in my quiver. Like you probably got a couple. <laughs> See, I want to be just like him. And yeah, so, but anyway, I was just like, what kind of board you got, Fred? What do you got? And he's like, oh, I got this single fin. Um, he said like a single fin um, Uncle Al or something. But I was like, wait, that's your magic board right now? Yeah. And then he broke down his last sunset session. And I was like, well, that does sound pretty magic. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, and just something about it. I was just, we got a good connection that night. And it was just funny because a couple of times he went to walk away. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you know, I'm getting older now. Like, what's it like? You know? <laughs> and, and then he seemed interested. He's like, well, yeah. And he's like, what, how are you handling? And I was like, I'm, to be honest, I'm not even thinking about it yet. But... <laughs> But I fucking, I know you know the shit. What's the blueprint? Or we're like, how do we get down right now? Like, what's the plan? And then it was pretty cool because we actually, he like, I started talking about stuff that I would have never talked about, you know? And I was just like, well, we're having, I, he got me. By the end of it, I was like, I don't even know if I should be talking about all this stuff. <laughs> These are real problems that I'm talking about with Fred. I barely am with him. But anyway, it was super fun because we connected, you know? And I always looked up to him. It was good times, and that's my Freddie P experience right there. <laughs> yeah, Freddie P. <laughs> Love you, Freddie P. Okay, mate, just pick one out. What do you just, got there? It's just not one. really a quiz. It's just sort of like throw it over yeah. the crew. Um, they're pretty negative questions here, boys. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> so um, to everyone, I'll um, well, we'll go you, Joel. Biggest rip-off heat you've ever. Biggest rip-off you've ever seen in a heat? That's a weird question, boys. That's a sick one. I love it. Biggest rip-off. Who rip -off? made these? <laughs> so it doesn't have to particularly be you. Biggest rip-off no, you've ever okay. seen um, in a heat. Years ago, I, I witnessed a heat of uh, Slater and Jake Patterson in France on a beach break, and Slater did this... Uh, Jake was killing him, and... Slater did this weird little half fall off layback and it was nothing and popped back up and needed a maybe a I want to say a six and I was like oh that's a two or three or whatever and everyone was like oh Jake's won the heat it was the end of the heat and he pretty pissed weak if you ask me yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah and then Jake ended up losing the heat I'm sure you'd have to ask Jake but I remember seeing on video going are we like to the judges are we all watching the same contest or the same surfer. That was probably the worst I've seen. <laughs> I can't believe you were sitting next to him on the plane coming down here. I, I, I boarded the plane in Coolangatta and Joel was sitting next to Kelly Slater. I had to do a double take. I'm like, what? <laughs> Out of all the flights I got on this morning and I was like, all right, I don't know one next to me. And the last two come on is Kelly and Kelly sat shoulder to shoulder with me. And I, I love it. It was awesome. And he walks down and goes, let's get a photo. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, oh. are you going to order the butter chicken? Or... <laughs> Do you want a bolter? <laughs> <laughs> got another one there, Rob? Yep, do. Uh, so I'll, um, I'll go with... These are all kind of tour questions, so I'll go with you, Owen. Worst stop on tour? Um, it's all negative. Look, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you can make up some questions if you like. <laughs> Worst stop on tour. Um, you know what? I just like there was never a, uh, there's bad spots about every place on tour. 
but you just you can kind of make the most of it. You go to Brazil, all the waves suck. Oh, spew on you're in Rio, like one of the best cities in the world. <laughs> so you make the most of it there. Or you go to the wave pool and it's like, oh, you know, whatever. It's just a wave pool when you're staying at the, at the casino. So <laughs> that's pretty fun there too. And then um, uh, this, as far as like, I'd have to stick to bad wave spots. Um, obviously, none of the... Mm, I, I don't know, maybe Brazil for waves, man. That was probably, I hated the waves there. It was always really hard and the backwash always got me. And yeah, but, you know, I still had the best time ever in Brazil. <laughs> yes, I, I, I can I concur. <laughs> uh, but we won't go into that. Um, Mace, I've got a question for you because this is probably works for you. And it's... Uh, Another negative one, don't worry. Because um, you quite, you know, compete on the qualifying series for a long time. We, we had a couple stints together on there. Me, um, I remember the Azores one time, we were at the Azores. That was fun. Cool. But what's the worst conditions you've ever competed in? The worst conditions I've ever competed in? Yeah, it's pretty tough because, like you said, I've, I did the QS for a long time, so I've seen a lot of tough conditions. Yeah, I've seen a lot of bad surf. But the Eddie, um, the Eddie looked pretty tough. Oh, the <laughs> Eddie, that was a blessing right there. That was crazy. I wish QSs were like that. Man, <laughs> just what with it. No problems, help, right? I'd help wax my competitors' boards <laughs> if they set that up, or I'd sign a contract. But I, I, I don't think boy. you'd have many guys in your heat. <laughs> nah, they all, it seems like everyone just goes and they gotta go. And then some of them almost find some like, whoa, I'm actually good at this, you know? So. Yeah, they do. Ross Clark Jones did back in the day. I always remember <laughs> being in that event. But yeah, that's uh, probably one of your best conditions. But Yeah, yeah. But the worst, I don't know. We'll, we'll just say, uh, I don't know. I kind of always loved everywhere. Even when it was super bad. My my dad just always helped me, like convinced me how it almost as it got worse, I almost got more happy because I'd see all the other competitors get like bummed about it, you know, all the waves suck. And I'd just be like, yes, <laughs> like I'm having so much fun. I'm going to tell them right now. I'm like, Yo, <laughs> how fun is it right now? Bro? It's so fun. <laughs> and I'm like barely just getting my little like a turn and then a foam climb, you know, and I would be kind of psyched on that, too. I was. I remember legit. I remember half messing with guys, but, like, at least I'm not lying, being a weirdo. I'm, like, just expressing myself to this guy because <laughs> I was psyching. And I'd kind of, yeah, I don't know. So, fuck, uh, I don't know. And I kind of liked it all. I hate to just, say it. Let's get on the positive train because I feel bummed that I'm One more negative one. Have you got one? You want one more one negative more one? One more and I'll give it to Joel because he's, okay. good, at, he's good at this. <laughs> Worst you've ever been hassled full stop. And and his worst ever hassled I've been full stop is by him. <laughs> <laughs> Snapper. Hey. Oh, what? When you scared me? <laughs> when I scared you. I don't scare Like, that was almost child abuse I was so young. <laughs> um, worst, I mean, yeah, who, who's the worst you've been hassled by? Jeez, oh, I think... Um, uh, I mean, in a free surf at home, dingo for sure. Um, but then, I mean, I think you know, Pedersen Rosa and I had a couple. I had a couple of things with him one time. He was really hard to. He was no, nah, he was a really strong paddler and fierce guy. So, um, 
I don't know. Had a few so with Taj glad. too that were kind of neck and neck. I'm just so glad you, you didn't. I'm just so glad Joel didn't say my name now. Yeah, Remember right. Because you guys had. You oh, guys no, I know that. that. When I, as soon as you got on tour, I was like, do not get in a paddle with this guy because <laughs> I was like, I'm I'll I'd rather the... give you priority because I'm not going to get it off you. I paddled you to the channel at Pipe and it was a backdoor day. <laughs> and then I was racing back and we were sitting, we were just cat and mousing in the channel the whole time. It was, I was like, oh my God, he's going to hate me. <laughs> no, no. It was all part of it. Yeah, but for Owen, I guess that's a, not a good question because no one go, no one really goes for Owen. <laughs> uh, well, no, nah, you're right. <laughs> Bit off script, but uh, you mentioned the Eddie before. Uh, mate, talk us through that day. You were in it with your dad. You had, uh, I don't know, a dozen stitches in your leg which kept you out of the backdoor shootout. I mean, fire out, man. It was a gritty decision to take part in the event given how big it was but yeah man talk us through it um yeah no it was actually a little uh i'm gonna try and keep this short because it's i i got hurt before the ante i got stitches on the swell because remember they called it on before and then called it off so i went and got hurt on that first big swell and before that swell i was all excited to do it i had all my stuff already ready and like all excited but they called it off so i got hurt and I just laid there forever, and I seen the big swell coming, but a lot of people were talking about how it wasn't going to be big enough, like a lot of guys who can read the forecast. So I didn't really know, but I had this weird feeling because I was hurt, and I was like, this thing's going to be on. And I've been dreaming about the event to go on again because I had so much fun my first time doing it. <clears throat> so I was just kind of like, I, I hope it's on, even though I'm hurt. And then when it came, I was... Uh, I was hurt and I never surfed for a long time. So I was kind of, um, didn't do as good as I thought but or should have done, but I was super stoked because my dad was in the event and I just got to watch him like prepare for the con or just get, like, do his whole preparation and stuff. And he was just like a little kid, like he was just so excited and I could handle it for like a day or two. But I remember by like the third or fourth day, my I was just so bummed because my leg was all blown out, you know, and I seen how much fun he was having. And I was like, I want to wax my boards. He just came up. He's like, I waxed two boards. I might wax three. And then, and then he like would run back down. And he's like, I ended up waxing three. And then I'd just be like, like I want to wax one right now so bad too. I'm like, okay, dad, yeah, we're going to do it. And then he'd come back up and he'd be like, what, are you wearing one of those blow-up vests? Fuck, I ain't. No way. What do you think? Yeah. And I'm just like, dad, I'm like, I don't know. I think we should. And he's like, no way. And then he'd walk back down and I'd just be like, like, and then, and then he'd come back up and just ask me again, well, you got some leashes? What, what's, where, where you get the big leashes from? And I'm like, I don't know, let me make a text. I'll text someone. <laughs> so I was just kind of like in bed and I felt like I couldn't like be with him, you know, doing it. Cause it just felt like he was on his, um, when I was young, I used to watch him prepare for contests. He'd kind of make it look fun. So, um. Yeah, I just got to see him do it again. I was a little bummed, like, fuck, I want to run with you up and down the stairs and wax all the boards and feel all the boards. And sometimes I'll just be laying there and watching, like, a cowboy movie or something, trying to, like, get all psyched for the comp. You know, I was like, since I can't physically get psyched, I better watch some mental, I better be, like, 110 mentally ready. So I was watching all these cowboy movies and, like, Viking movies and stuff. I don't know how they heal so fast. It must be, like, fake. <laughs> That's incredible, though. How old Pops? Pops was, yeah, I was so proud of him. How old was he? How old is he? 65 and Surfing he turned... 25, 30 foot one, man. Yeah. With clean up Psyching. Psyching, that's he unbelievable. Like a, like a teenage, same like he used to do. Incredible. Same 
deal. I was like, he was more of a kid than me that day. I don't know. It was, it was, I was a little jealous watching him. He was having too much fun. I had my cut. I was like, all my, all my doses were low, you know, the water and stuff. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, uh, we'll just keep moving through these. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned the cut before. Oh, there was another guy who wasn't a fan of it. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, and I ask you going to find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. All these pro service want to be tennis players and want to do a halfway cutoff. And I don't like tennis. I don't like the tilt tour. Too many surfers. Oh, I went and saw the dog play the other day. Because of fuck. Uh, you were front and center for that. You uh, ended up winning that event. Uh, can you tell us who that was and, and what was going on there? That was Bobby Martinez, mate. He he's the be one of the best goofies other than Ock. Ock and Bobby were my two favourite, right? Like the this, the pristine backside snaps, man. That's just unbelievable. Hey, oh, he was so quick. It was it was just um, oh, I've never seen someone move so quick like that, and and. Um, yeah, he, he jumped pretty quick to the microphone that afternoon <laughs> and gave him a good earful. I think he got a boot from them from that, um, you know, and, and I think, to be honest, I kind of feel the same about it now. Like, <laughs> I, I, I get you, I get you, Bobby. Like, you still I, got one post-heat interview to go, <laughs> mate, so... Uh... Maybe five. It all goes well. <laughs> well, you know, now nah, I love the cut. I uh, just want to get me spot. Like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um... You won that event, three hundred grand, three hundred thousand dollars first prize. Still yeah. the highest prize purse, I think, for a single win in yeah. a CT event, certainly. Parker, you were on the other side of the coin. You were. We spoke the other day, and you were saying that that event you almost quit. It was two thousand eleven, so before your world title year, and you you got to New York, and you were like, "That's it, I'm done." Yeah, uh, that was that was probably my lowest point of my career. I was ready to throw it in and give it up at that point I was stoked for you like um, but I just had had just had lost interest at that point and was over it um I need a little break and yeah I don't know it would just uh for me I end up it probably luckily that feeling was only a few months and I come back and I felt good again how do you how do you revive yourself from those moments like we were in New York and you know the waves are terrible and it turned all right but you know that, that process for you feeling that while still on tour probably still coming second or third like, you know, it would have been no, tricky. Also, maybe, I don't think I was there. I was pretty far down. I right. Think. I, was yeah. pretty, I was pretty over it. Not, um, yeah. But, and then I think I got to, got through Europe. I actually went to Europe and I went, I don't really give a shit. I'm here for a month. Um, I really had a good time and I didn't even care too much about the event. And then with just through that, and then I went home for a month or so and then I enjoyed myself and ended up going, hold on. I actually really enjoying it again, and I don't know, don't know why. Sometimes it just ebbs and flows. I couldn't tell you what what was the thing that brought me back into it, or or, or what put me in that hole. But um, yeah, I got it out. Some you've had some grit over your careers, mate. I tell you what, one of the respect, one of the biggest moments I respect when you cut your foot off, mate. That was just wild, and come back and come back from that, mate. Tell us about tell us about that grit. There must have been some sand in that thing. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I, I was only feeling that cut the other day and I swear I've still got... I took all my own stitches out and I swear I've still got one in there oh. and I'm just squeezing this... I swear, I don't know, maybe it's a thorn, but it could be a, a stitch and I'm trying to squeeze the stitch out. 
and it's been 12 years, so but I think I should just leave filthy. it in there. <laughs> behind the rock snapper, like nugging five foot behind the rock snapper and you cop the back of your fin to your heel and it made it look like a filet mignon, like just the creme de la creme of steak. <laughs> I was licking my lips, but holy shit, that thing was a... That's as heavy of a fin chop as you're likely to see. It was skits. Yeah, it was. It was um, 12 weeks t- till I actually took a step. So it was, uh, it was a long one. It was, but you know what? It's, can I hear a funny story? So we got really pissed in Fiji, remember, after an event, and Mick was like, I was like, oh, look yeah. at this scar. It doesn't even feel anything. And he goes, show me. Oh, he gets a lighter. And he goes, let me see how much you can feel. And I'm like, you yeah, got it. And he's just like, and then I... Yeah, but the hot heel and I jumped. Oh, mate, I, I felt it. <laughs> I was like, it's not, it's not done, mate. It's not done. It fucking hurt. I jumped around going, oh, you know, I was kind of happy. It, I felt it. Mick and Joel, two of the absolute greats, uh, unified right here in this moment. Get a haircut. What about the support cast? Like fucking groovy Avalon. Weedy Williams. And fucking Augusta Pebble Slinky Fox. They tell us the what the hell's going on there. Uh, thanks to this great man, uh, he put Mick and I in a character called Lemmy and Greasy, and mate gave the occult following thanks to this great man. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, film right here in Torquay. Before one of the most terrifying state of origin footy matches I've ever seen. Fuck. Yeah, and then we you've also it before, it you've also done a, a new film too. And Nick Pollett's here tonight, and I yeah. think it premieres tomorrow night. So best of luck with that, Nick. Good World premieres on tomorrow night. If you want to come and watch the heaviest movie in the universe, and uh, there's a second show on if you haven't got a ticket. So come along. But I think uh, we'll get into some audience questions. Throw it open to the Swellians. What do you reckon? Got the all-time panel here. Get ready, Ock. I reckon there's a few crew who might want to talk to you, mate. Um, Hope you get the lot, you dog. <laughs> that wasn't me. Does John John Flowers have Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy car home down to the face of the old man pipe, will sparks fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night? Are the rising judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would shame her and take 50 grand? Radio. You guys had a good night? Yeah. We're nearly there. I know it's dragging on, but fucking what a panel, eh? What about a round of applause for the crew? Yeah. And uh, we're going to throw it open to the Swellians. 
as monsters. Giant, terrible beasts. But none inspire more dread or fear. I've got a feeling we got a special guest coming out. Sea cock. Steady yourselves, mates, for this is a true story. Well, here is the legend of the Thingaloo, the world's most mighty ship. Held the bodies and the souls of 300 men from its asshole to its tip. Oh, praise the Thingaloo, they sang from the port as she sailed that day. Nobody could have known the fate that lay in the great ship's weight. Weeks went by with no sight of land, and the men did hit their rum. And the big black clouds pouring off the bow told of trouble sure to come. The winds were strong and the seas were rough, but the finger loom stood firm and tough. When down in the galley came a mighty thud as though the ship was struck by the fist of God. Well, the seamen ran to the starboard deck, and to a man they were all in shock. Before their eyes was a beast in breach, t'was the feared great white sea cock. And it rose from the sea 400 feet tall, and it spat from its eye an obnoxious pull. And the men did pray as they were showered in spray, as the great white cock then began to fall. And it fell full weight on the finger loo, and the once great ship was now in two. And the ghosts of the men haunt the ports and docks, and if you listen to the wind, you might hear them sing. It's the great sea cock. Who's got a question for the panel? Anyone? Down the front, let's go. What's your name, man? Zane. This is questions for Mason. Uh, you went on the search with Mick Fanning for a little while. You got some waves and you sat on a bonnet. Uh, what's your best story from those days? Well, my best, my best story from... With, with Mick. With Mick on the search. <laughs> I got so many fun... Or, what, what do you want? Like my, just like my most funnest or, or what? Or... Your most fun story. My most fun story, damn, with Mick? Fuck, lately I've been kinda, I don't think this is fun, but lately he's been pretty funny. He, like, he doesn't like when you don't click your seat, but you know the cars nowadays, if you don't click your seatbelt on, it goes like beep, beep, beep. He'll violent, he, or he's, I think I've used all my time with the beeping that now he just straight starts beating me up. Like as soon as if he hears it, or he's just like boom. <laughs> Like starts hitting, and I'm usually like, whoa, kind of like, oh yeah, brotherly love, kind of, or I don't know why he's hitting me, you know, until <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you just hitting me this morning, I love it, and then pack, and the, I'm like, wait, wow, that kind of hurt, what the fuck, and then beep, 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 again, I'm just like, the fuck, and then he's like, and then, and then yeah, usually someone's like, the seatbelt, and I'm like, oh, fuck, throw the seatbelt on, and Mate, you guys have good. spent a lot of time together, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, that's You'll been be the latest one that made me laugh. I remember yeah. I was like, oh. You'll be in that car soon. Get ready. I can't wait. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on, but Put the seatbelt on. What's your name, mate? Uh, Tom. Bucky, <laughs> <laughs> I saw a, um, a, like just a clip of you having a surf chip in the early 2000s, Andy and Bruce and like Sonny Garcia someone else. I don't know where I saw it, but I saw it recently and like, at this like fucking wild left-hander. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think I know what you mean. Yeah, boat trip that boat just trip, looked yep. fucking amazing. And I just wondered if you had any stories from I there. I do, actually. Yeah, and this will be, I'll answer this question because then I've got to run to a um, birthday party. It's Claw's 80th birthday and I'm, I'm going. Um, 
yeah, but that was a boat trip. It was Andy, Bruce, Sonny, um, I think Shane Dorian. And the Connest director was like, he didn't have a clue and we were getting really frustrated with him because he didn't take us to the right breaks. But the one day we got no can doies and it was huge, which was great. But then he was just weird and um, we all decided to split the prize money, right? And we went to Macaroni's and had a heat there and we, were, and we said we're going to get him. So we all went switch for the whole heat and, I mean, none of us can switch for that good except for... Yeah, it is, it is, sorry. But anyway, the juice of the story, this is a bit negative too. I don't know why I've been so negative tonight. But um, we decided to split the prize money. And I won, and I think I won $30,000, and we all went five each, but then I ended up paying $15,000 in tax when I got home. That's a good question. Okay, everyone, he's got a bowl. We'll take a few more questions right up the back over here. Hang on, mate. I'm coming through, coming through. Sorry, guys. Where are we? Name and question. Yeah, Jamie, how are you, Vaughan? I've got a question for Parker and Owen. Um, one of the questions before was worse judging call and Owen spoke about Brazil. What about that floater D'Souza did in 2011, Big O? Floater gate. <laughs> um, yeah. Great question. Good question. I was gutted. Um, I, I think it was t 2011. I'd, I was just kind of heating up and I felt pretty good and... I had this heat and I took off on a wave and did like a snap, a floater, an air reverse and got like a four. And then Adriano took off behind me and did a floater and got an 8.7 or 8.23. That's probably the number because it's still etched in the memory. But um, it, went down, it, it went down in all the surf mags and whatever the media is, floater gate. <laughs> oh, I hate that moment. <laughs> and we had Richie Porter, who was the head judge at the time on the show, Victorian, and he backed himself. Yeah. Me and Smithy couldn't chuck him out quick enough. <laughs> thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. He's, he's, nah. Any other questions for the panel over this side? We'll come back. We'll get a couple more and then we'll uh, wrap it up with a good old-fashioned corn drag race, I reckon. Deadly. G'day, mate. Uh, I'm Nick. Um, this is actually a question for uh, everyone on the panel. Uh, I think, uh, personally, the, the, the final five is a bit bullshit. But um, if hypothetically it was at Bells when you boys were on tour, how many world titles would you have won? Oh, what a question. So the final five world title showdown went down at Bells and you guys were still on tour. How many world titles would you have won? Um, you three. I, I don't know. I've, <laughs> three of them. <laughs> Mick, Mick probably got, would have gotten the road of a few, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, mate, I don't know. It, would, it is – I'm not a fan – I'm, I'm actually not a fan of the format. I'm a fan of the destination. Uh, not really a fan of the destination. I think it's it needs to be moved. I think it's not exciting. Uh, I, I want to see a wave of consequences. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. That's just. Can I can I have a dream about it tonight? I'll let you know. <laughs> oh dog. Um. Yeah. If it was at Bell's, or well, I haven't won a Bell yet, so probably probably. Didn't win, didn't win one. But like, I, like Joel said, I'd love to see that go to a, um, some different locations, preferably just Chopes. So yeah. you know where they should have it? <laughs> they should have it at that little right hander that you and Sheldon surf. That crazy That'd little. That'd be all time. 
Yeah. Now, there'd be so many robberies in that span because that place isn't safe on the <laughs> land. Like the waves, the safest spot to hide. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Is it the sea urchins are gnarly there too, right? Yeah, yeah. The sea urchins are super. Everything. Yeah, have about you got to fight the sea urchins as well? Like no, no, you don't have to fight them. It's actually crazy. There's so many sea urchins that the prongs or whatever. There's so many of them that they actually make a floor itself. Or like. Like, imagine so many needles that it actually is like its own new surface. You know, because the surface is down here, but there's so many urchin prongs that if you walk across them, like, light, it, it's like another floor until one little one breaks, and then they all just go, and then you get all of it in your foot. Sounds fun. <laughs> How many seacocks are at that spot, do you know? Seacocks? Oh, oh, we got a plenty of those under... Or, wait, what? We regularly even fucking use, man. You got a fucking sea urchin if you need a fucking camera out of your ass all done. Seacock. We actually got a lot of seacocks uh, at home. Dahoe Seacocks, the weightiest seacocks in the world, man. You heard the man. <laughs> um... I feel like surfing, especially for you guys, is like this indescribable thing. I'm not even going to ask you to put it into a word, but I guess this is the whole panel, but what's the biggest sacrifice that you've made to be where you are now? What's your name? I'm Mon. Losing all my self-esteem, facing a big cock in front of everybody. <laughs> I'm a fucking loser, but I'm a big cock. Fucking earth cunt. Biggest sacrifice, lads. I mean, you, you, you've got to give up a lot to chase this life, and especially at the top end of competition. Mm, um, <clears throat> I probably, after coming back from my head injury, I knew that I wasn't in good health, and I, I stretched myself to the limit that I knew I was going to sacrifice some of my sanity. So um, I was definitely dealing with, like, Lots of issues psychologically and physically. So I probably sacrificed my health and knowingly so um, to stick it out for the tour for the last eight years or something. I don't know. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, I, I think that my health probably took a, took a beating for sure. Yeah. Happily. <laughs> uh, um, for me, I was really young when I had kids. I was... I was 21 when I found out I was having my first kid. I was 22 when I had a baby. My wife was the same. We were both really young. Um, so I grew up on tour with as much... I could take them as much as I can, as much as I could. I'd always want to spend as much time. Um, but there was lots of times I did miss out, like months of the year. Um, and that was probably the hardest for me. That was the sacrifice. But in saying that, you know, it, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And I mean, I'm... Birthdays, oh, I never missed any big days. They would always be with me in Australia, but I'd probably, you know, up to maybe three months to three and a half months a year, I'd, I'd be away from my family, and that was the one that always crushed me the most. But saying that, today I wouldn't have any other way. I'm still happily married, and I have three beautiful kids, and I love it. So That's nice, mate. Mason, what's the biggest thing you've sacrificed, bro? That one's an easy one for me. Or, or, yeah. No, no, it actually, if you asked me this like a few years ago, I wouldn't even really known what I sacrificed for this. But it hit me the other day because I was do, making a little project at my house. Yeah, like 
And, and I just realized I can't do drywall. I can't, I'm no electrician. I'm not like, <laughs> like usually every man like kind of can do one thing, you know, like, like even if you're a surfer, you better go play with the car sometimes, be a mechanic or kind of have that, oh yeah, I'm a surfer, but I could, I'm a mechanic too. You know, I could work on my car or, oh, I'm a surfer, but watch this drywall real quick. <laughs> just do a drywall, you know, oh, I'm a mechanic, but check my plumber skills, whatever. Like my dad's kind of like, he could, do a little bit of everything, you know? So I, I think what I sacrificed is like, I just realized I don't, I, all I could do is surf. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's a good way to wrap it. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Even my cousin, my cousin's a fisherman. My cousin fishes, catches fish for like dinner, gives me fish. I'm like, thanks, bro. Like where you caught this right in front of my house. So I like, fuck, bro. <laughs> that's a good way to wrap it, right? <laughs> Come on down. Squeeze in, guys. We'll get a big shot together. Jump up on the stage. On the count of three. Up the fucking swillings. One, two, three. Thanks very much, Torquay. See you next time. Go the big O. Fuck yeah, Rowan.